Hello, Yogi. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Aiko, and on this show, we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice. Hello, welcome again to this podcast. Thank you, Aiko. Today, we continue from where we left. So, we are in chapter 5. Can you say something about this? Ch- or maybe, can you just make a brief recap? Yes. So, if we just look back at the two previous chapters, because they are like the most like relevant here in, in discussing this chapter. Uh, so, the, the third chapter, in the third chapter, Krishna is kind of sowing seeds. And in this fifth chapter, uh, the fruits of those seeds are, are being born. And uh, in the chapter in between, we had the yoga of knowledge. So in, but in chapter 3, which is the yoga of action, Krishna is um, teaching Arjuna to acknowledge that we are part of a, a, bigger, a bigger picture. It's not just like us in our little bubble. We are part of a, of a big picture and we need to kind of contribute to, to the big picture. And he's um, instructing Arjuna to kind of make sacrifices, that you um, you make sacrifices to the gods to kind of acknowledge that we are dependent on, on higher powers, such as the sun and the rain and, and the earth and so on. Um, but like still continuing uh, your uh, kind of maintaining your identity in this world. Like we, we had given the example of uh, a mother, right, who raise her kids and give all the love and affection, but it's not that those kids will be, I mean, they will be her kids forever, but they, they won't be child forever. They will go to the world, uh, do their job, have their own family. So in the same way, you give all your effort but uh, known that one day they will start their own paths. Is that correct? Yes, that, that's a very beautiful kind of simile here. And you can see, like, so if the third chapter is kind of the beginning of this, sort of like, you know, like you, you have some knowledge that your kids won't, like, be in your house forever. So you kind of prepare them for the world in, in a sense, but that's still long ways away, you know, like, let's say there are five, but, you know, you will have them till they're 18 or something. So, so you're not like thinking, oh, like, <laughs> um, they're going to go out in the world. Like you have some knowledge of that, but what's happening in this fifth chapter is, is kind of like when this is actually happening. It's like when you, mm. you kind of realize like, oh, like now, I, now, now it's actually their time to go out, you know, you know, like then you will see how, how you actually, if you actually really meant what you what, uh, what you said about you know like that they won't be with me forever and yeah so and uh, what about the fourth chapter yeah so the fourth chapter was the, the yoga of knowledge and there was the quote you also brought up in relation where there was that like knowledge is to learn something every day and wisdom is to let go of something every day and of course, like this, this type of knowledge here is about letting go, but still you have to do the letting go part. <laughs> so uh, the quote is, the quote is very like related to this chapter that um, 
yes, it is the yoga of knowledge, but um, uh, you will see if you did it right, like when, if you actually uh, naturally let go. Also. Okay, good. So we have a good uh, recap, I think. So what is happening in chapter five? Actually, what's the title of chapter five? Yes, so, so different translators are, are giving the different names to the chapter. Nishkama Karma Yoga is is like usually what's uh, thought to be talked that it's talked about in this chapter. Um, so if if the third chapter was Karma Yoga, the yoga of action, uh, this chapter is the yoga of action but without an ambition. Uh, so like like at, at this point. Um, the fruit of the seeds, like I said, that Krishna was sowing in the third chapter, are kind of coming here, because in the, like I said, in the third chapter, Krishna is talking about the bigger picture, like make your, make your sacrifices, um, to kind of pay tribute, to to like the bigger picture that that you're a part of. He also talks about, like he also gives some some knowledge in the third chapter and even more in the fourth chapter, which is like the actual chapter about knowledge, the yoga of knowledge. But even in the third chapter, he talks about how a person in ignorance thinks that that they are doing things in this world, but actually it's just the laws of nature uh, doing the things, and, and the soul is kind of just there as a witness. Uh, it, it is not, as we heard Mons Bru explain the other day, that it's not that the soul is only a witness it also has some some agency like but but it's it's not like that we as the soul are deciding everything we are in control of some things but not everything can you elaborate on this yeah like let's say like you want something uh, it's not it's not that you can just have whatever you want so so that, so that there there is our will but then there is also past karma there is uh you know other people's wills and there there's so many factors that there is like the, our capacity we may want something that that we're not capable of and and so on so there are, but someone who is who is like ignorant of this considers only the, like one's own will and doesn't see like the rest in the fifth chapter it's talking about how the how the yogi is is like realizing this like starting to actually see this even if he can't he's not like entirely um disconnected from the world but he so he's like like still in the world but like kind of seeing the the mechanisms and understanding that he's like not in control of what's of, of what's going on it's something that just kind of goes on and this and the soul is there as its own reality that's not really affected by it he also does not give up action at this point but he because it is also not correct to just like give up your duties just because you understand that you're you're not getting any real benefit on the soul level from them you are still in this world which is kind of uh, facilitating your yogic practice so you kind of just do your worldly duties just kind of by by second nature and the whole thing becomes a sacrifice so if in the, the karma yoga of chapter three you do your work and then you you sacrifice some of the results but on this stage like in the fifth chapter of nishkama karma yoga you don't have any ambition of enjoying something after like you just like do your duty 
and whatever comes comes and, and you're not really caring about that you're, you're kind of fo- focusing on your inner spiritual practice but active in the world just for the sake of duty that's a very interesting concept can you give some practical uh, examples like in a daily life of um, office worker he just go work Uh, so he has money to pay his food, his rent, and then when he goes home, he's meditate. Or can you give some some other kind of practical example of this concept, this kind of yoga? Yeah, I think actually th- that was a very good example. Like it's it's like like in general, people. I mean, of course, we we just simply have to work to have money to kind of live in this world. I mean, unless you're you know living in the in the woods or something <laughs> eating roots <laughs> but just like in let's say you're like a normal person uh, you simply need, need to work um but also just just like being in this world like you have a lot of desires to like do things and in, in the world kind of connected with the world but this nishkama karma yogi is is not doesn't have those ambitions like he may still have have the kind of lingering desires Uh, just like the kind of <laughs> it's hard to explain but like like kind of like having a desire that you don't really really identify with but you you simply work as all other people do and then then you yeah like you said like like whatever whatever like spare time you have you simply focus you focus it on your spiritual practice um, i could think of one kind of simile and that is like like you may be a like a cocaine addict what is the drug that you take methadone to kind of get free from heroin okay so like let's say you're you're a heroin addict and you're kind of glorifying heroin like you know and really identifying uh, like as a <laughs> heroin user uh, like culturally and like you're, you're in some kind of sub underground culture but then like if you kind of come to like realize the like madness of that um, like you may still have the kind of a chemical addiction even though you, you kind of realize that it's like not the life you want to have so you may still like kind of need some kind of drug just to be able to like live so in, in ishkama karma yoga something like that kind of harsh example i think yeah i i uh, apologize for that because at the stage where we are we don't like realize the madness of what we're doing in this world when when we're just like chasing after uh things to 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 feel happy it's there is this verse in in this chapter uh, in chapter five that explains that the happiness that comes from or like what we think of as happiness the type of happiness that comes from simply contacting uh, senses with sense objects are the womb that uh, suffering is born from that's very interesting i think when we were reading from the bhagavad gita there was a, a part when they were saying that suffering and enjoyment has a beginning and an end. And it made me think of that actually we are not, we are cyclical beings. We get birthed, we die, then we rebirth, then we kind of go on and everything. Like if you see also the, the water on earth, there is a rain, then it goes in the sea. There is all the cyclical being a cyclical thing but um, by this material happiness which is kind of fake happiness 
and uh, suffering, there is always a beginning, but there is also an end, so we can reach that end. Yes, uh, like we will inevitably reach the end of both suffering and, and enjoyment. Mm. Can you say something more about this chapter? What the, what what is actually happening? What Krishna is saying to Arjuna and what Arjuna is replying to him? So the chapter is mainly Krishna speaking. Arjuna just asks asks a question in the beginning that that kind of sparks the chapter. The exact question is like um, that there is this yoga of knowledge and there is this yoga of of action. So so which one is the best? But Krishna is explaining that actually this this yoga of action will lead to the yoga of action without ambition. That yoga with of action without ambition will naturally lead to the yoga of knowledge. Because you will like when you like then like really get the ins like when you get the, the direct experience that you're of what you're kind of understanding on in on a deep level in Nishkama Karma Yoga but not experiencing yet, it will kind of turn over into the yoga of knowledge naturally. You wanna quote something from from this chapter? Yes, the the last verse of the chapter is, is a, a famous verse that um that has been called the peace formula it is it's kind of saying that if if you if you accept that god is is the owner of everything and that he is also your friend then 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 you will have peace because people are you know arguing over you know who owns what but actually no one here is owning anything it all belongs to god and but he is also the friend of everyone so it's not like you know, like, oh, like there's someone who owns something who, who's taking it all for himself. He's he's actually sharing it with everyone. Also. Yes, in the documentary from David David Attenborough, he's saying like it's so crazy. I mean, uh, he didn't say crazy, maybe, but it's so crazy that human they fighting over of who is the owner of the land, where the land should be just. The land, Mother Earth, you know, she, she's not belong to anyone but herself, and everyone should be free to live where wherever they want. And I think it's very beautiful how he expressed this um, in his documentary. Yes, and and uh, yeah, and the Bhagavad Gita would agree. There's other texts that say things like that. The Earth is just laughing over all the people who are fighting over her, like. <laughs> because it's it's like a joke to her you know like like imagine like that you're having a bunch of ants walking on your arm or something and they're arguing over who is owning what what part of the arm and, and you and you can just <laughs> blow them away or something with with one you know so do you want to give um an overview from the beginning of the bhagavad gita to now and a little bit introduce the next chapter chapter just to end this episode yes yeah it's always like like i said before that the third and fourth chapter are the most relevant to this but 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 actually all that like it's always relevant to go back to the first chapter because it all <laughs> like that, that's like the basis uh which is attachment to objectification which is what we have to uproot and that is the kind of like the bottom line of the bhagavad-gita and then in the second chapter, we get an overview of the whole book, which goes for 18 chapters, the whole book. 
and then so, so then we kind of go back again in the third chapter to kind of starting like the pro- the process of how we're gonna systematically deal with the problem of objectification that we have inside. Uh, so it talks about karma yoga, giving up the the like a part of the results of of one's actions and and having and also receiving some knowledge even though one does not have deep understanding of it yet but just by this practice one will naturally understand more and more about the nature of being and of the world so in the fourth chapter um it's more just more elaboration on, on this knowledge of, of the difference between the self and um and the material body and, and then in the fifth chapter things are starting to happen like the fruits are coming of the the seeds of knowledge that have been sown so far because I would say this chapter is when things are starting to happen. Yes, and the next chapter, um, chapter six, is uh, Ashtanga Yoga. So Krishna is giving like yet a different way to to kind of uproot the the problem of objectification by this um, by the eightfold yoga system with its asana practice and so on. Yeah, it's it's going to lead to because the Bhagavad Gita is. It's like three times six. The first six chapters, the middle six chapters, and the final six chapters. They are uh, grouped like that. And this, these first six chapters are a lot about the self and realize and realization of the self. And then the middle six chapters are more about God realization. So towards the end of chapter six, it's gonna kind of start going go in that direction. Okay. So thank you again. And uh, see you next time for chapter 6. Thank you. It was lovely. I hope this episode fulfilled its purpose of inspiring you. If you like it, feel free to share it, give a review or a rating, subscribe. And if you have any questions, please get in touch at aikoyogareiki.com. Namaste.